Okay, well, let's just we'll just jump into it. So, Tamara Moore, thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks Exc- for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. Uh, as I, as we kick off 2019, we we're just um, talking. This has been a uh, an exciting project that's sort of been a long time coming, and excited to kick it off uh, with you as one of the one of the first interviewees. So, Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, as part of this podcast, love interviewing people that are that I, I think are really just secretly incredible in what they're doing in the world of work and life and the way that, that you just think and approach um, all aspects of life. And it's been a really crazy couple of years in a good way for you. I mean, some really cool opportunities, um, massive career transitions. And so I'd love to start there, just what's been going on in your life and your work um, and career in the last couple of years. What have you been up to? Great. Wow, that's a big question. So I was working almost two decades, I guess, in higher education. And it was an awesome run. It's such a great field to be in with learning. You're always continuously learning and helping others develop. And I worked on a lot of cool projects. And then I found myself starting to drift and really following people and stories who were doing big epic things. And it was anything from, you know, going on a pilgrimage quest across the country or starting something new or inventing something. And I just got really enamored with that space and change. And then I thought, wow, it would take so much money to do something like that. And one day I just woke up and I said, why aren't we just on an epic quest every day if we just decided we were? Because as I was reading about people who were doing this, they said, well, since I started this company, I'm meeting like the most amazing people. Or since I've started walking this trail, I come across these people and hear their stories and I, I learn from nature. And I thought, why do we have to wait for something to do that? Why aren't we just doing that? So I started reading everything I could get my hands on, on the hero's journey and the quest for that, and just started realizing we're all attracted to that. I Mm. mean, some of our most favorite movies have that theme in it, where we're following someone, we admire their space, they fall down, we're like, come on, you got this, you can do this. And I thought, dang it. We're all just doing that. Yeah. But instead, every day we just wake up, the alarm clock goes off, and it's like, oh, another day. You know, I have this one thing I'm looking forward to, but that's it. And then I just can't wait to go to bed at night. And I thought, we're just sort of delaying our happiness. I think that was the scariest thing to me. I know I'll be happy when, and it's like, fill in the blank. When I get the perfect job, when I meet this person, when I have the right friend group, when I finally start my own business, when I get the house I've always wanted, it never ends. Instead of just saying, what do I have today? How do I make this the best possible day with things I have on my plate? And I think that was powerful because then it was almost like I turned around and there was a really big world out there all of a sudden. Wow. I love your, this concept and you, you do this in the work you do, this concept of the quest and the journey that you're on. What is it, um, I guess for you, but also in your observation of others and the interactions you have with clients and businesses and people you work with, what is it 
that gets in the way of people living life like that and living life on a quest? A hundred percent. The answer is fear. Hmm. We have all of these things, these journeys we want to go on, the ways we want to view things. And we look at it and we say, that's not for me because, and it's all these fearful things. Hmm. I don't have the money, the resources, and you know, they can be neutral things. It may be you really don't, but you start to have this panic about it that's paralyzing. Hmm. That keeps you from doing it. Yeah. Was there something, so in your process of, of having that um, moment or series of moments where you were kind of having the revelation around, there's got to be more to this, or why am I not changing something in my life or in my work so that I can be on this sort of epic quest or journey. Was there something, um, that you did to move past that fear? And I guess was, was there, you know, what was the fear for you that, that popped up and how did you move through that? For me, it was definitely safety and security. You know, I thought my family will have to make sacrifices if I try this or, what if it doesn't work? What do I have to give up? So my life was great. I mean, looking at it from the outside, I had a six-figure income, had a great house, had wonderful vacations, but something was missing. So for me, the fear was this story about who am I to really deserve more than that? Hmm. Like, this is some people's dream life is what I'm living. Hmm. So yeah, my family's going to suffer and we might have to make changes. But then I, I saw this cool exercise and I don't remember what it was, but somebody asked a really powerful question. They said, who would be on your board of directors for your life? Both your, your people you might not have access to and then real life people who you admire who are doing what you want to do. So I made kind of my fake board, which is people I may or may not meet in my lifetime, but authors I really enjoy and motivational speakers. And that was one board. And then I had real life people who were doing things similar to what I wanted to do. And when I started meeting with them, I remember this, this moment of clarity when a woman who is a consultant said to me, why have you adopted the story that there's going to be suffering if you make this change? If you really go after what you want, you're going to have to give up these things and your family is going to have to compromise. She said, I'm doing exactly what you want to be doing and I'm making five times more than you currently make. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it kind of took me aback because what I've come to learn on this epic journey in this quest is the stories that you tell yourself are so powerful and they are fateful. Hmm. So it's really about what is the story you're writing for yourself that you think you can achieve because we can write these really outlandish stories, but if you don't believe it, you, you're going to sabotage it or not think it's possible for mm. yourself. So it's really come down to, for me, it's as simple as if you believe you can do it and deserve it, you can. And if you don't, you can't. Mm. And someone said it's like a thermostat that heats your house. You have this comfort zone of how much money and happiness and 
um, abundance in life you think you deserve. And if you start to go below that, you'll scramble and try to get back in your comfort zone, Hmm. which is where I was for sure. And if you try to go above that, it's a little bit uncomfortable and you're not confident. I know you would, you're interviewing someone else about confidence, which is so cool because that's key to it. But if you're not confident, then you, your thermostat pulls you back down too. So it's how are you continuing to like raise that for yourself? Mm, love that. And I think, you know, I mean, you, you know my story and I resonate a lot with that sort of the facing the fear of, uh, safety or lack of safety and security. And I think a lot of that to your point is perceived, uh, and it's a narrative you tell yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I deeply resonate with that element and being able to rewrite the story. I think something else that stuck out to me is this idea of believing in yourself enough and having confidence enough in the path that you're on, that you're, to your, your words, I think deserving or you're worthy of it. And, um, not in like an arrogant or, uh, prideful way, but it's in this sort of center, just confident way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that, that will prevent people when it comes to confidence in the, in the narrative that you have for yourself. I think it's a, a barrier also is not only the fear, but it's also not being worthy of the story. And so, if you, and I think this is the gap sometimes between dreams and reality for people is the dreams are either that you have for your life or either so like outlandish or so out there that you just like, you, you can't ever really see yourself doing it. You can't associate because it doesn't feel like you or the intention or the motivation is wrong. And so you just never end up making actions toward it. Um, so I think it, I, I just deeply resonate with that. So I, uh, you know, thanks for that because I think it's, you know, how do you rewrite that story for yourself for the future in a way that is, um, that is compelling. What are your thoughts on, this is something I've been thinking about recently and would love to get your thoughts too on how you have this mindset. And I think you touched on this a little bit, but you and I and other people we interact with a lot of the, the kind of stuff in this space is related directly, I think to, or maybe it's just a connotation, but around being an entrepreneur or working for yourself and kind of having, you know, this, um, just a little bit unconventional lifestyle, but how do you, what are your thoughts on how people apply that in the context of working for an organization and, you know, still thriving in work and having this mindset of a positive story and growing and contributing um, and living that sort of quest journey inside of what's maybe more um, a traditional type of context. Absolutely. I did that for almost 20 years, worked for an amazing organization. And it's the same thing, waking up one day and realizing you're in an epic adventure wherever you are. Hmm. It doesn't have to be you're an entrepreneur and doing it. You know, if you think about a big bureaucratic organization with lots of layers, it's just being on that hero's journey and, and what obstacles are in your way and how do you conquer it or how do you work with it or how do you apply your magic to it to, you know, work through the situation. And someone said, well, that seems like, you know, a little juvenile to approach it that way. And my answer back always is, 
well, isn't that a lot more fun than just going to work and saying I have to complete this mound of paperwork for this project I want to do? Yeah. And I think when you even apply that to a team concept, it's so intriguing too. It's, you know, what are these powerful questions we're trying to address on this team and what what is the quest that we're on and how do we view it differently if we're on a quest and how are we going to deal with challenges that come up and what assets do we all bring you know, to address those challenges. So I don't think it's it's very different at all. Hmm. And it's just going in and not assuming every day it's the same story. I think that gets dangerous too. I love that Einstein quote about, you know, the problems we're facing can't be addressed with the same mindset that created them. Our brain is wired to like safety and security, to write stories so we know it's predictable. We write a ton of stories and scenarios. And I think just waking up and thinking today could be different than yesterday helps you see new possibilities too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the same no matter where you are in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. I was just um, reflecting on this sort of similar idea recently that I I think a key, whether you are working for yourself or you're working inside an organization, I, I agree. I think the principles are the same. And I think it's this shift of um, mindset, um, to sort of an ownership mindset where you are, it's kind of like you're in the driver's seat of life, like that sort of frame and that every day can be unique. And it's a story you're writing, whether you work for a large or small business or yourself or whatever your situation looks like, um, that you're contributing and you have that mindset of ownership. And I think that's a big shift for, for people. And I, I, um, had different experiences in organizations, uh, like this, it's, you know, you can, it's easy to get stuck. And I, I, um, was absolutely guilty of this. Um, previously it's, it's easy to get stuck in kind of, um, the perspective of you're just in the passenger seat, particularly if you're working for an organization, but if you shift the mindset of, of ownership, like this, this part of the business or, or enterprise, I'm acting as sort of a co-owner and how can I bring my unique strengths and gifts and talents to this space to bring the most value to the most people. It's like that can unlock and make every day exciting versus like you show up and it's, here's the, to your point, here's the pile of paperwork and have a nice day, (laughs) you know? Another way they've put that kind of in different industries is, What is your locus of control? And the way they view that, do you think that life is happening to you? It's like your classic thought of cause and effect that you're so passionate about. Is life happening to you or are you creating it? Yep. And the research tend to show that, you know, you don't want to be on the extreme of either Mm. because there's consequences there, but you do want to tend to the feeling that you do have ownership on what's going on around you. And I know some people say, well, it's it's easy to say, act like an owner. But when I try to do that, I get knocked down. Yeah. Um, and so the way sometimes I like to think about it is what change can I affect? And sometimes yeah. you can't, but then there's other places you can. Hmm. So it's just figuring out where you can be owner, where you can have ownership, 
And then sometimes they'll draw a box and say, you can't go out of the box in this area, but there's usually someplace you can. Yeah. Totally. And that's where you focus your energy, not sitting there all day saying, I'm stuck in this box. In this box and I can't change the whole system. And so I'm not even going to try. That's Yeah. I think it's yeah. huge. It's yeah. Locus of control. Um, tell me, so in this process of you sort of pursuing your quest and starting a business and um, working to re-energize and bring new creativity and imagination to, to businesses and organizations um, through this process. Again, this is sort of a, it's, you know, your personal journey, but it's also something you help others with. Tell me about the um, importance of powerful questions as it plays into this and bringing people clarity. Because I think, um, and then I'll be quiet and let you talk, but I think <laughs> It's so key as you've talked, um, kind of talked me through this process and I've seen it play out. I think it's so effective because what can happen is you get this clarity of, okay, I want that type of a life. So you wake up and you have the moment where you're wanting more, you know, you want to contribute at a higher level. You want every day to be sort of this adventure journey. But then the next step is I think, clarity on how do you best point your energy in the right direction. Um, and so I think, I think that's where this concept of powerful questions comes in, but I'll let you correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I guess if I could have one brand for everything that I do, it would have to be asking powerful questions because I truly believe that the questions we ask are fateful. And what I mean by that is, they create the future because the way you ask a question is going to start to frame and filter. There's just no alternative. It, it'd be like ask, if your question is, um, should I buy a house in California? You've already framed it to California, right? Mm. So all of a sudden it starts to shift where you put your energy to to talk about that. So I think the powerful question I started to ask is, what is my purpose? And along with that, if my success was completely guaranteed, what bold moves would I start to make right now? So just by asking that, it starts to put a lot in motion in my head versus I'm getting up and my question is, When's my next vacation? I'm feeling burnout. That's going to put my energy in another direction. And it doesn't mean one's good or bad, but you can see my effort is going to start to go in one direction, planning my vacation and staying in a job versus, well, let me explore what I think my purpose is. And I, I mean, I can't stress enough. Both are neutral. One isn't better than the other, but you can see it's going to, my life in a year will probably be different. Hmm. Depending on what path that I take. Yeah. Is there a process you take people through to f to shift the questions that they're asking? Absolutely. So it depends on where they're stuck. So usually when someone comes to me, they're an individual or an organization, they're stuck. And so I ask them, what are the questions you're asking yourself? And then I ask them, what's the goal? Are you trying to solve a problem? Are you trying to create forward movement? Are you trying to 
seek understanding, you know, what is, what's the purpose of your question where you're stuck? Or is it all the above? And I think just by that, that moment's fateful too, because it changes. They're going to move from stuck to something else. They usually don't stay in stuck if they're starting to ask questions. You stay in stuck when you turn the same story hmm. over and over and over. Hmm. So I've come to view in my work, stuck is one of the most powerful places you can be. So when it shows up in my life, it used to be dread, and now I just smile because it's like, oh, I've outgrown something. I'm stuck. Yeah. Something needs to change, and I don't know what it is. All I know is I'm stuck. Yep. And it's kind of like when you're stuck. I mean, literally, if you're stuck, if you're riding your bike and you're stuck, or you're walking and you get stuck, or your car is slipping on ice... The more effort you put in in that moment of stuck just creates more stuck, and that's where we churn. And all of our energy, we wear ourselves out because it's just entrenching us in stuck. So profound. It's like this moment where stuck is telling you just stop. Yeah. And look around you and regroup your energy for a minute. Let's sit here a second. Huh. And that's where... I love doing the work around the powerful question because if the powerful question is right, it starts to generate energy. L love that because <laughs> I've, I mean, I've been plenty stuck in my um, journey and your, your natural response, you're right. It's like um, your survival, your survival. In. I was, um, I was driving back from Denver international um Oh, when was it? Maybe it was a couple, it might've been a couple months ago and it was a Saturday night and it was one of those. So in Colorado here, we've got these like freak snowstorms that'll just kick yes, up out of nowhere. We do. So it was clear. I was going to pick up, uh, my sister, um, who's just coming back from a trip from Europe that night, totally clear on the way drive up. And then when I got there, uh, at the airport, all of a sudden just like complete whiteout blizzard, like and then by the time we were driving home, it was completely like ice packed the whole way. And you know, it's a pretty long drive. And so on one of the hills uh, uh, in South Denver area where it's pretty steep, it was just a sheet of ice and people, um, there were cops everywhere trying to push people out of the way because people were getting stuck uh, mm -hmm. to, to our point here. And, um, it's funny because your response and a lot of people's response when you're driving in ice is if you feel like you're slipping, the response is to put the accelerator yeah. on because you don't want to start sliding backwards. So you like floor it or whatever. Um, and it just does the opposite really. Yeah, you get to start spinning out and makes it worse. And then you'll probably go sideways and then you're going to go backward. Um, and the, the best response is to, to slow down, mm -hmm. shift, shift, mm -hmm. um, downshift, downshift. Yep. And you are, I mean, you're very like slow and mm -hmm. you've got to be gentle with the throttle and you've got to try to find little patches of snow yep. ra rather than ice. Something to ice. traction to exactly. grab onto. Yep. yep. Um, you know, the whole thing. Um, if you're an experienced Colorado driver, this is your, <laughs> this is a little tangent on driving the ice and snow, but it's, I think it's the same in life. To your, exactly what you're saying, it's the process of slowing down and then also embracing um, the journey and the 
quest part of life, that it is this series of highs and lows. And when there's a moment of being stuck or lack of clarity or things aren't clicking, it's a process to retool and reevaluate and take things to the next level. And it's like that series of peaks and valleys is what makes it really epic. If you read a story or watched a movie that was just like straight acing life, it's kind of like, well, that's just like, it seems fake. It's not Very quite as fluffy, no like substance. Like fluffy, no substance. Like we love the, you know, you look at the blockbuster films that people love and it's about, I mean, there's always, there's it's grit. a hero's journey. It's, yeah, it's grit. grit. It's, there's always Overcoming. like the low moment of like, you think they're defeated <laughs> and they're down and then they, and then it makes the, um, you know, the climax at the end when they're, you know, crushing it or, you know, winning the battle or whatever makes it really epic. And um, I think it's like, you know, it's our life is like that too. So it's embracing that as part of the process. It's you writing a really compelling story um, for your life that you're, you know, you and your family or children or grandchildren or whoever gets to kind of read or listen about one day. Um, so I've, I've sort of rambled on a side tangent, but I just resonate no, deeply with yeah. the stuck. And just to remember, if you go into that survival mode, it's fight or flight. And what that does is shut down your ability to problem solve. Hmm. That part of your brain shuts down and everything's diverted to that adrenaline rush of getting yourself out of it. And so really, it's fascinating to think about when you're stuck, the more you're churning that, you lose your ability to problem solve. So what can you do to slow down, to retool, to downshift, to see what resources are available to you? So mm. yeah, now when I feel that, I smile. It's kind of like, oh, that's I'm such a cool. That's a good response. <laughs> it doesn't mean I like it. Yeah, sure. It's, it's not pleasant. It's still stressful. It is. But it's kind of like always something emerges out of that, even if you can't see it. Super cool. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit, but it's in the same lane here as you apply this. So it's kind of like this is your, this is part of your process. It's something you've gone through personally, but then it's also process um, you have in your business around powerful questions. But tell me about your, I mean, it's your business, but just tell me about re-leveling and how this all like culminates and comes together for people and teams and businesses how does this journey start to manifest okay so it took me a while to come up with the name re-level there's some controversy on whether it's a word or not it's whatever you know we live in the era where you can just make stuff (laughs) i know i love that so if you start with the word level and you think of a level playing field or a level horizon you can see or you have the most options available to you And there's not a lot of effort if you're walking on a level surface and you can see far around you. But it's through that unleveling when you have to go uphill for a while to get to the next level, to level up. There's always re-leveling going on. And I call it re-leveling because there's a lot of times we're level. And that's nice when that happens and we start to see things, but then our learning slows down and so the next obstacle or something comes in. So the logo I design actually looks very similar to the symbol for a hurricane. And I picked that intentionally because when a hurricane comes through, it feels destructive. There's a lot of preparation that goes on. It it literally re-levels. 
the environment. And I think of my neighborhood was in a uh, wildland fire and it, it re-leveled the neighborhood. 350 homes were destroyed. Yeah. Some were there and some were gone. And so at the time that happens, it, it's very devastating. But again, on this hero's journey, if you view it that way, there's a lot of new growth that comes out of that Releveling, even though you don't see it at the time, there's so many tough emotions to go through. But in the sense of the hurricane, there's this moment of calm when the eye comes over, when you sort of have that moment to reset and regroup and look around, and then the backside comes through and you deal with that, and then there's sort of that aftermath. Well, to me, that that's just life. I think of the most challenging things I've been through and people I've lost or situations that have happened. And it was on the other side of that, I had the greatest growth. Hmm. Even though maybe I didn't like it, it's very hard to lose somebody close to you or you know, lose a job or a situation, a project fell through. But that's where you really stop and say, I'm on, the, I'm on that quest. This is that moment everyone in the audience is cheering for you. And it's the opportunity to ask for help. We try to do it all ourselves, but I remember so many people in our neighborhood after the fire just trying to, to plod through it. But then there was this real community around, let's help this person and let's bring them dinner and let's do these things or let's just have a fun movie night out. Or It was all of those lessons learned. And I was talking to a woman the other day who rebuilt her house and at first, she thought of moving, and they never get through this, and they lost all their family heirlooms. And the other night, six years later, she said, you know, that was the best thing that could have happened to us. We're much closer as a family. Um, we don't have as much stuff anymore. We realized we were just focused on stuff. Hmm. And, you know, it's, she said it was incredibly difficult. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, even though it's been the greatest learning. But that re-leveling, if we could start to have more patience around it, more compassion for it, and just really lean into it and feel all the different emotions and what they have to offer us. I think just that ability to be comfortable with that process of change, even if you don't necessarily like it, is really what I think I'm here to do. Hmm. So yeah. profound. Yeah. I, um, I think that embracing, it again, to your whole... Um, sort of purpose around journey and quest and helping people understand that and develop for themselves and their teams and business. Um, I think if people can really embrace that and accept it and then move through the eats again, you're kind of moving through the ebb and flow, the highs and lows, it becomes there. You just enjoy life more. And I'm not, you know, I didn't lose my home like, um, many did. Did you guys? I, did, no, you we, did not. we had a lot of damage. We were out for a couple of months yeah, having okay. it repaired. Okay. But, I can, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Um, but regardless, I mean, set, I mean, I remember that mm -hmm. time here and it was a, you know, just intense and traumatic time, but to hear somebody say a, you know, a story like that, I mean, it definitely causes you to pause and really think, Wow, that I mean, you wouldn't think that. That's not really intuitive necessarily. But on the other side, it's been this kind of blessing in their in disguise in mm -hmm. a way. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I'm hoping for with this show is that, uh, and, and you know, kind of my passion around helping the next generation um, prepare for a life of thriving and impact and, um, and being causal forces for transformation of the world. So, and you've had a, just an incredible story. I mean, you've done so much, you've accomplished incredible things. You've been in senior leadership roles and organizations. You've, you're running your own business. You're working with amazing clients. You're clear on, you know, your purpose. Like you're just kind of, you're crushing it. Right. Um, so what, you know, thinking about your journey and, and the process that you've gone through, what advice, um, would you give to a younger version of yourself and also just the, the next generation kind of coming up, um, to live a life like this? If I could go back and tell myself one thing, it would be don't overthink it feel it. I look back on my life and I spent a lot of time planning and I achieved a lot because of it, but I feel like I really missed out on just enjoying it Mm. because it's really easy to be achievement oriented and you have all of these goals and they're position based, they're impact based, they're they're helping people based. And I don't know if I took the moments I should have to just really enjoy the journey. And that's why I love the hero's journey so much. Like the hero just seems to feel every part of it. And so I feel like I overthought everything. So, and I think when you're that focused on your goals, that laser precision that was so popular as I was growing up, like these goals and three-step process and all of that, you can completely miss all the cool side journeys you could have because you're so focused on that one destination mm-hmm. point. And I think there's value in wandering. And there were some really cool opportunities now when I look back that I was so focused on achieving this that I missed something else. Hmm. And so I think you hold your goals loosely. I, I still believe in goals very much. I think that intention and purpose is important, but I think you hold it loosely. You enjoy every day and feel it. Not like I was talking about earlier, delay your happiness till you have achieved it. It's every day is rich and The more I learn and study about emotions, emotion just really translates to energy and motion. That's where the energy and the passion and the fuel comes from. Mm -hmm. And if you're just so focused on all of those tasks, you can miss that. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome words of wisdom right there. Um, All right. Final question um, related again, back to sort of the theme of the show, but what's the cause you're hoping to bring about in the world? Wow, talk about a powerful question. Yeah, just drop that on you there. So, (laughs) (laughs) One of my roles in life I've really been blessed to have is to be a parent. Hmm. And I think the best parenting advice I ever got is the greatest gift you can give your child is to have them help them believe in and have confidence in who they are. So 
If I could make one contribution, it would be to hold spaces and places and conversations where people can see and be their authentic self. Because I know it's cliche, there's that saying, be yourself because everyone else is taken. I know it sounds kind of, you know, silly, but I think everyone has something unique to bring. And I think sometimes too much in organizations, we try to mold people to the company way or the family way. I mean, take any group of people. And they just shine when they can be who they are. And helping them, being a mirror for people and showing them how awesome that is and trying to affirm that. If I can do that for whatever days I'm here, I think it's pretty epic so epic what awesome way to end it <laughs> Tamara Moore thank you so much you're welcome Garrett I love this thanks for the conversation yeah you bet 